90.9 FM, cjsw.com. Into the mood of Stampede here in Calgary. And that usually means it's concert calendar time. Talking about Terminus Festival. The time for Sled Island. Right here at the Calgary Folk Music Festival. Uh, Calgary Blues Fest. Over at Studio Bell. Check her out. Locked. CJSW 90.9 FM. listening to The Circuit, a weekly program dedicated to the events and festivals that were set to happen in and around our vibrant community. It's a celebration of the past and things to come for Calgary's music scene. Thank you to the Rosé Foundation and Calgary Arts Development for the support on this special initiative. plug in, turn on, and drop out. You will not be able to lose yourself on skag and skip. Skip out for beers during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution. Will be live. Artists, poets, writers. We got the people behind. 
CJSW 90.9 FM, that, uh, that's The Revolution Will Not Be Televised. It's a cover from Calgary's own Sergeant and Comrade. That's part of the cover art of the 2020 Folk Fest release. You're listening to The Circuit. This is Liam and Jess. Hey. <laughs> Turn your, put that mic on. Yeah, just so the listeners can hear me. I'm, I'm here. You, we're both here, and uh, <laughs> this is kind of the third installment of the circuit for the summer of 2020, and this week we'll be highlighting the Calgary Folk Fest as it would be happening this weekend starting today, tonight, tomorrow, Saturday, today, Sunday. Yeah. So the, the week that would have been for Folk Fest, and we have lots to go through, um, plenty of content that we've prepared for you, a couple of interviews. One with Graham Lassard, one with Mariel Buckley, plenty of artist profiles, and we'll be chatting about how you can receive Folk Fest at home this year and uh, some additional information about some super duper top secret location backyard broadcast that may or may not be taking place tomorrow. And thanks to Calgary Folk Fest for kind of allowing us to kind of kick off the festivities today, which is really cool. Totally. Um, Folk Fest at Home officially starts now. So we're going to do a deep dive into the cover art album. We're both huge fans of the record mm -hmm. uh, that came out last summer celebrating their 40th anniversary. So we're going to talk a bit about that. Um, and I guess kicking things off, we're going to play the interview I did with Graham, um, who was the producer and mixer of the album. 
Uh, we talked a lot about basically what it was like for the artist to cover uh, the album, the, the tracks from the album, from Samantha Savage Smith to Michael Bernard Fitzgerald, um, and just what recording was like at the National Music Center. So I guess it's a little bit of backstory. And uh, yeah, thanks to Graham, did an amazing job. Uh, it was so nice being able to talk with him. He's worked with some big names in the music industry, so that was really cool for me. Um, and I hope you enjoyed the interview. Yeah, we'll cue that right up around the corner. As Jess said, uh, a lot of the show will be kind of highlighting the cover that. Uh, was produced uh, by Graham and it's full of local artists and um, Mariel Buckley who I interviewed and sat down with as well uh, she's all over it as, as well we chat a little bit of a deep dive about it in our piece later on in the show but uh, I guess without further ado we'll just get into this one here is Graham Lassard it's uh, you're listening to just W90.9 FM's The Circuit Hi, I'm Graham Lassard. I'm a music producer and recording engineer, and I'm based in Calgary these days. Most of the records I've made have been alternative or folk or indie, uh, with a few electronic and sort of avant-garde records thrown in there. I've also made a lot of classical and jazz records. I used to be the recording engineer on staff at the Banff Center uh, before moving to Calgary. And prior to Banff, I was based in Montreal. So over the years, I've been lucky enough to make records with a couple artists you may have heard of, including a band called Stars, Timber Tambor, Bar Brothers, Kevin Drew. Do you remember kind of the background of how you got on board uh, with the cover compilation, how that kind of came to be? I'd made a few records at the National Music Center Studios before cover art. And so I'm, I think it was a recommendation from the National Music Center to Folkfest and coincidentally had also been working with an artist with some connection to some Folkfest staff as well so it may have been a recommendation from a couple of angles there actually. When Carrie told me about the cover art project I was pretty excited right away. I mean it was right up my alley. Lots of variety, lots of different genres, a whole bunch of artists that I had listened to their music before but hadn't worked with before so it's a great chance to meet some new people and get in a room and you know, talk about music and and uh, try and make some ideas come to life on recording. Yeah, and you had production credit on the whole album. So, did you work with all of those artists? You know, there's tw- I think there's 21 tunes there, and I think we did 18 sessions at the National Music Center. So there were a couple artists that couldn't make it into town to record, so they recorded elsewhere, and I mixed those songs. And then there was one artist who recorded and mixed at a different studio in town. But we did the bulk of those songs at the NMC studios, and I mixed as well. Amazing. So the National Music Center is one of my favorite places in Calgary. Basically, what is what is it like there um, as far as recording? What is the experience like? <laughs> well, I still laugh when people ask me that because the first time that I went into the studio there, my jaw dropped and I kind of felt like a, like a kid in a movie that just got led into the toy store after hours because it's a, a treasure trove of amazing vintage recording equipment and instruments. It's a really high-end studio design and sometimes when I've worked in really fancy studios before, they can feel a bit cold or neutral or uninspiring, but the National Music Center is just the opposite of that because it's full of beautiful instruments from decades or even in some cases centuries past right up to really modern cutting-edge technology. And uh, it's in a beautiful building that exists only for the purpose of bringing music to people. 
you know, it's kind of hard to believe that the place exists, never mind in Calgary. So I'm pretty enthusiastic about that place, and it was the perfect studio to invite a whole bunch of Albertan artists to uh, commemorate the folk festival. Yeah, I'm really happy that we have something like the National Music Centre here. I agree with you that it's very important, as well as Folk Fest. So basically, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the festival. I'm sure you've been an attendee in the past. I've attended a whole bunch of times. I'm relatively recently calling myself a Calgarian, but when we lived in Banff, even I used to bring the family into the Folk Festival. And as a kid growing up in Edmonton, I was often envious of the Calgary lineup when Folk Festival season rolled around. Yeah, it was always really great. There's a handful of things that I either look forward to see or, you know, there's that whole aspect of discovery as well, which is really cool. Um, So what are some of your, do you have a memory or a festival favorite that you've seen uh, because of Folk Fest? I mean, there's just so many. And, you know, when I think about great shows that I've seen at the Folk Fest or elsewhere, I feel bad because inevitably I'm leaving out some of my favorites. Yeah, I think a couple of my standouts at the festival would be Basha Bulat a couple of years ago. The Bar Brothers a couple of years ago were amazing. They pulled in a local uh, trio of horn players from Calgary. Both of those were at the national stage, and there's definitely been a handful of incredible main stage performances, too. Steady woman, won't you come on down? I need you right here on the ground. I've walked the outskirts of this town. I could tell you maybe some stories about um, about making those songs, uh, or I could try and you know rack my memory to volunteer some cool stories about some making making some of the songs but i would only recommend people to listen to the whole album because uh just like the folk fest there's something that'll really catch the ear of everyone um, but it'll be different for every single person right it's just like wandering through the folk festival grounds where some people head off to this stage and some people head off to that stage so i think that the biggest success of that compilation uh, for fans of the folk festival is just the way that it replicates the festival experience and uh, not only the diversity of music on there, but the uniformly high quality of the music, which is just like the Folk Fest. You know that even if it's not your cup of tea, it's going to be amazing musicianship and the kind of thing that if you haven't heard of already, you might be hearing about it or reading about it uh, tomorrow. I've been friends for a long time. This was the first time I was recording her with her band in the studio. When we worked together before, it was uh, for part of an, a different project. And, you know, in a way, it was a, a, maybe a kind of a band lineup that I was more familiar with, sort of a, an alt or indie rock lineup. And, uh, you know, Sam and I enjoy a lot of the same music and have a lot of the same musical reference points. So in a way, that was one of the more comfortable sessions for me. On the other hand, we were tackling a tune by one of Sam's favorite artists, and also one of my favorite artists, St. Vincent. So there's definitely something a little intimidating about that. Just like with the rest of the sessions, there's a really tight window of time to produce the track. 
we basically had a half day in the studio with each artist to make something really good. We'd spend time ahead of time, you know, planning out the sessions with all the artists. I, I would go to rehearsals, we'd talk about the song, listen to the arrangements, try and figure out a good plan for um, tackling things in the studio, whether it was mostly going to be a live performance or whether we were going to build things up through overdubs. So with Samantha Savage-Smith, it was going to be primarily live with a couple of overdubs and then some mixed treatments to try and get this psychedelic pop uh, filter on the uh, on the live performance. And I think that when Sam, when I met Sam and we went up the elevator together to the studio, that was the most nervous I'd seen her. <laughs> and suddenly I started feeling pretty nervous about it too because it just occurred to me that we were going to try and put a version of St. Vincent on tape that was going to be, uh, you know, compared to the original. That pretty quickly dissolved once we got everybody set up and got some sounds and I think everyone started having fun before too long. I think that was one of the fastest sessions we did in the end. We were probably done in about um, three and a half hours, so a little bit of time to spare. Wow. So do you find that that was maybe like a common thread between the artists that you worked with, that there is a sense of like intimidation of covering an artist, which is a little bit different than you just, you know, the band coming in and laying down their own track. I think almost every single artist that I worked with, there was the fear factor. You know, they're so aware of, of the uh, stature of the artist or the song that they're covering. Um, and there was some, there's some pretty big names and big songs on the record. And maybe it's overstating a little bit to say that it was fear, but certainly a lot of respect at the same time and desire for people to put their own stamp, their own unique sound, their own perspective on the song. And that was really fun because I haven't recorded a lot of covers. Mostly I'm working on original music and it was really great to get inside these classic songs and have discussions about, you know, what we were going to try and emphasize, what we might try and do in contrast with the original i think in every case there is a, a real awareness that the music was going to be heard and judged against the original so trying to make something unique and reflective of each artist's identity but also in a lot of cases you know with some homage to the original artist or the original or the definitive artist because in some cases actually the covers are, are themselves not written by the artist that's most associated with them I could give you a good example of that, actually. Peace, Love, and Understanding, which Michael Bernard Fitzgerald chose for his tune on the record. As I walk through this wicked world Searching for light in the darkness Everyone thinks it's an Elvis Costello song. It's actually a Nick Lowe song. Um, and Nick Lowe had recorded that with his band a couple of years before the Elvis Costello version, which Nick Lowe produced. And for that recording, we listened to the original version that Nick Lowe's band had done and to Elvis Costello's version with the attractions. And uh, they're both pretty scrappy, early new wave, kind of ragged, almost punk takes on the song. And the conversation that Michael and I had was that it was going to be tough to bring that energy or that kind of youthful abandon, especially with two amazing examples that really captured that. And then we found a 
version of Nick Lowe performing the song live. I was going to say mid 2000s, and it was such a contrast to hear this performer revisit a song he'd written decades earlier and sing it from a perspective, you know, of maturity and experience. And we thought that's the version that we're going to build on. That's the one that we're going to nod to when we go into the studio here. things are a little bit uh, different this year with summer festival programming and um, that's part of the reason why not only are we honoring the cover art album because it's just incredible work but also just because things are it's hard for the art community right now and for obviously numerous festivals and we kind of want to emphasize why folk fest is so important Um, so in your view what makes folk fest so important to the community that's a big question and uh there's so many reasons why festivals in general and the Calgary Folk Festival in particular are important to the community. Music has really gone in my lifetime, and I'm not that old, <laughs> but it's gone in my lifetime from a, a primarily shared experience to something that is experienced probably by more people and more regularly than ever before, but mostly in isolation on their headphones, going to and from work, out for a run. On headphones, no one else can hear what's going on in their head. And festivals and live music are one of the last environments that we get together and listen to the same music together at the same time, you know, with sustained attention, where we're really actively sharing something together. And when you're in front of the Folk Fest main stage or side stage, for that matter, and you've got, you know, families and teenagers and, you know, people that have been coming to the folk festival for 40 years for the entire span of the festival. And everybody's listening to the same artists together and uh, enjoying the setting. That's just such a richer experience and such a different experience compared to the way that we usually listen to music. Calgary Folk Music Festival has brought performers from around the world to our very own backyard, leaving us with many great memories and experiences. In 2017, Folk Fest introduced this city to Toronto's own extremely talented multi-instrumental group, Bad Bad Not Good. The Ontario natives are a quartet that combines jazz musicianship with a hip-hop production perspective and have collaborated with the likes of Tyler the Creator, Mick Jenkins, Kendrick Lamar, and Ghostface Killa. On top of their extensive amount of collaborative work, Bad Bad Not Good have plenty of co-production credit to their name, helping tracks for artists like Freddie Gibbs, Cal Uchis, Thundercat, Daniel Caesar, and Kay Trinata. 2020 marks a return to action for the group, releasing two singles off an upcoming project, their previous release being the fourth studio album, Four, back in 2016, a body of work 
that earned nominations for Polaris and Juno accolades. Last year, the hardware finally did come home as they were winners of the Liberia Award for Best Live Act. Both of the new singles, Goodbye Blue and Glide, from a forthcoming project, are available on all streaming platforms currently. Be sure to keep an ear out for the new Bad Bad Not Good sometime later this year.
Calgary's summer festival season is a time that our vibrant community looks forward to each and every year. It brings together the artist and the audience from far and wide. It is CJSW's aim to spotlight the amazing work of the artists, community members, and more through our newest program, The Circuit. A weekly look at the festivals and events that continue to make Calgary a hot spot for the summer. This week, we're celebrating Calgary's Folk Music Festival and some of the artists that were set to perform. This spotlight is dedicated to Begonia. Every day, every, day, every, night, every, night, every night, if you're okay, you're okay you're maybe draw me a line. Begonia is the stage name of Alexa Dirks, a Canadian artist from Winnipeg, Manitoba, who combines folk with the calming sounds of R&B. Begonia's music features an honest, open book approach to songwriting that feels refreshing and natural. Every day, another one fades away. Remember when we sat still, I would have waited. On her newest debut album titled Fear, Begonia wrote and co-produced the Polaris-nominee album alongside contributions from Matt Schellenberg, Matt Peters, and Marcus Paquin, who worked with the likes of Royal Canoe, The National, and Arcade Fire. Many of us were looking forward to seeing Begonia's glittery tunes come to life at this year's Calgary Folk Music Festival. But you can still see more from the artist virtually, who's put on a series of live streams and workshops 
including a Drake Safe graduation ceremony through Synonym Art Consultation. Visit Begonia on her Facebook page and her Bandcamp to keep up to date with the artist on all of her future ventures. Learn more at calgaryfolkfest.com to partake in various online events and activities from July 23rd to 26th. And tune into The Circuit on CGSW 90.9 FM on Thursday, 11 to 12 p.m. to hear more festival coverage. Thank you to the Rosé Foundation and Calgary Arts Development for helping with this special initiative. CJSW 90.9 FM, you're tuned into The Circuit, and this week we're highlighting the Calgary Folk Music Festival. Uh, just to quickly do a bit of housekeeping, you just heard uh, a Tanya Tagok track. She is right out of Nunavut. She's one of the most recognized throat singers internationally, and first time I actually ever heard her name was when I heard her sing, and that was at Folk Fest in 2018, um, right after a Bad Bad Not Good set, which we heard from right before her. That track was called In Your Eyes. It features Charlotte Day Wilson off their latest release, Four. That's for actually all the way back from 2016, but I think they're dropping this year. Got two new tracks, at least, already released. Um, I'm here with Jess. Hi. Yeah, and before that, Sound of Music, which was amazingly curated by Liam, we uh, played an interview with Graham Lassard, uh, who mixed and produced the cover art album from Folk Fest in celebration of their uh, 40th anniversary last summer. We're just giving it some extra love because there are some great tracks on there. Um, so some of the music that you heard throughout that interview uh, was a cover by Samantha Savage-Smith of St. Vincent's The Party, as well as What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding by Michael Bernard Fitzgerald, which was actually a cover of Nick Lope, which I learned. I always thought it was Elvis Costello. Um, I think Graham kind of oh. made some reference to that as well but it's actually a Nick Lowe song so that's really cool so not only do you get to learn and hear from local and Canadian artists on that record but you're going to hear some cool tracks maybe some favorites uh, maybe some new songs about or some new ideas about the original tracks that you might not have known about uh, so I know on Calgary Folk Music Festival's website, you can purchase the cover art record if you want to hear some of the songs for yourself. We are going to play a few more throughout the show. Um, and they're selling some merch, which is really cool. And you can also check out their uh, Folk Festival at Home series. They have some live streams that kick off tonight, including Patrick Watson, who I'm really stoked about. That was like number one on my list. If you've ever seen The Walking Dead, you've probably heard Patrick Watson, um, who is an amazing Canadian artist. And there's actually going to be six unique and exclusive uh, concerts over Zoom. It's pay what you can um, and then they'll give you an access link to watch Folk Fest from the comfort of your home, which is a really cool thing that they're doing and you still get to enjoy some new discoveries, some new songs. Uh, they also have Island Yoga at home so you can learn some new yoga moves and they have their 50-50 raffle. As always, they do it every summer for Folk Festival and um, it's kind of like uh, buying raffle tickets Folk Fest, it's a fundraiser where they keep half and then you get to win the jackpot, which is up to almost $12,000 right now. There's lots going on. They did a really yeah. good job kind of uh, shuffling their their festival around, making it a, a virtual experience. And as Jess mentioned, that kicks off today. So uh, the weather's supposed to be nice. So you don't have to sit in front of your TV. You can just bring your laptop and a speaker outside with you, whatever kind of works. And um, as 
to piggyback on the cover art, you can purchase that on their website. You can stream it on Spotify, Apple Music, all these streaming platforms. You can actually purchase a physical copy of it at Blackbird right now, too. Yes, go visit Blackbird Music, an amazing record shop here in Calgary. Yes, they definitely are. Um, we are live in the booth at 403-220-3991. If you feel like you want to get some Folk Fest memories off your chest, you can join the dialogue. And if you missed this, you can always go back on csw.com slash programs slash the circuit the dash circuit and uh, it's on apple Podcasts as well under the same name so lots of different ways to check this out if you are unable to listen to it live but uh, as we are live cjsw 90.9 fm broadcasting on treaty 7 territory in metis region number three as well um we got up ahead an interview with calgary's very own mariel buckley sat down with her over the phone, of course, and uh, discuss her experiences at Folk Fest, uh, what it's like performing, consuming, uh, recording some of the cover arts. Uh, she did work on material as well, and how she thinks the festival will look in the future. Uh, before we get there, though, we're going to play some more music. This is a uh, Calgary Zone, CJSW's very own Dragonfly Empire. They are part of this cover art as well from last year. This is a cover of Mr. Wendell. Keep it locked, CJSW 90.9. No brother man here have two A toony couple loonies, that's a snack for me But a slice or two means a lot to you Be strong, give a quick God bless For the struggle that awaits you guessed it takes faith That's the poem that I wrote for the first time I saw a man, no clothes, no money, no plate Mr. Wendell, that's his name No one ever asked his name Cause he's a no one, never thought twice About spending on an old bum Till I had the chance to really get to know one Now that I know him, to give him money It isn't charity he drops some knowledge, I buy him some shoes And to think most of y'all stuff your brains during college But don't get it twisted, you're still confused Go ahead, Mr. Wendell Go ahead, Mr. Wendell Yeah, go ahead, Mr. Wendell Go ahead, Mr. Wendell Mr. Wendell has a freedom Free that you and I think is dumb. Free to be without the worries of a quick to this society. For Mr. Wendell's a bum. His only worry's getting sick from the cold outside. The occasional security chase. Uncivilized, yeah, that's what they call him. But I just saw him eat from the food we waste. Civilization, are we really civilized? Yes, no. Who are we to judge when thousands of innocents could be brutally enslaved or killed over a racist grudge? Mr. Wendell, he tried to warn us all. <laughs> But we don't hear him talk. Is it his fault when we've gone too far? Stepping on the weak when we walk. Mr. Wendell, a man, a human in flesh, right? But not by law. Let's feed you dignity so you can walk with pride. Realize all in all you can stand up tall. Mr. Wendell. Go ahead. Mr. Wendell. Go ahead, Mr. Wendell. Mr. Wendell, yeah. 
Calgary Folk Music Festival has brought performers from around the world to our very own backyard, leaving us with many great memories and experiences. In 2018, Folk Fest brought us, from Sacramento, California, the veteran hip-hop duo Black Alicious. Made up of producer Chief XL and MC Gift of Gab, the two have been making music since the early 90s, working up to a debut album, Nia, in 1999. Fast forward 16 years and the release of their fourth and most recent drop, Amani Volume 1, coming 10 years after their 2005 LP, The Craft. A new project that spawned several more years of touring until the road took them to the 2018 iteration of the Calgary Folk Music Festival. A Saturday evening show on National Stage 4, which gave the atmosphere an energetic change of pace and set a spicy tone for the rest of the weekend. The duo has recently hinted that Imani Volume 2 is on the way, with over 70 recorded tracks to condense into a forthcoming album. Keep those ears peeled for new Blackalicious in the future. TJSW 90.9 FM as uh, we're kind of just wrapping up this episode of The Circuit. As I mentioned before, uh, we are going to hear from Mariel Buckley, a lengthy interview where she goes into all sorts of different tidbits about Folk Fest, making music for them, consuming uh, the festival as a enjoyer of music and what it's like working with the festival as a, an artist herself. Uh, before we get out of here, though, I just want to take a moment to recognize that uh, tomorrow there's going to be a very special event. Yes. Uh, in partnership with CGSW and Folk Festival, Yes, we're going to be doing Road Pops live on location um, at one of the hosts' backyard, because in Folk Festival fashion, this is a backyard weekend-long party. Yeah, kind of laid back. Obviously, it looks a lot different this year because of the distancing measures that we need to take place, which are definitely going to be in place, don't worry. Uh, but I think you're going to hear from Mario live on, on the, the show. Yeah, on the show. Um, as and, well as and some Perry, other interviews. Yeah. Perry as well, who's the artistic director um, for Folk Fest, who brings in some of the most amazing program programming each and every year. Totally. So that'll be really cool. Um, and I'm sure they're all going to want to hear from you as well right now because they are doing a backyard festival contest. So if you're enjoying uh, some of the festivities for Folk Festival, snap a picture of yourself. Show us your backyard, uh, the setup that you got going on. Share it on Instagram or Twitter and take Calgary Folk Festival and hashtag CFMF at home to be entered to win a prize pack for Folk Festival. Look at all that. So many fun things. Thanks for tuning in this week. Catch us next week, same time slot, 11 till 12 thursdays here is my sit down with mario buckley of uh of calgary's own and we'll catch you next week stay tuned for road pops tomorrow 4 to 6 p.m you're listening to cjsw 90.9 i must be first of all How's quarantine been for you? What have you been doing to keep busy? And uh, how about this? When was your last show? Oh, my God. Uh, when was my last show? That is so difficult to answer. I feel like my last show was in February, like right at the beginning of February in Forestburg, Alberta, at a folk club. Uh, so I've been 
you know, inactive for a while, but quarantine's been okay. I had a vocal polyp kind of pop up right before I was supposed to be on tour for three months. So I've actually, I spent about the first two months of quarantine completely silent, um, which, you know, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little thankful to have caught that and then had the time to recover. So um, been mostly dealing with that and, you know, like every other musician, picking up woodworking, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> the, the new craft. Yeah, apparently, yeah. Yeah, that is a good time for that pulp to, to kind of um, pop up because, you know, you, you're not really doing anything if you're in quarantine anyways. CJSW 90.9 FM, we're chatting with Calgary's very own Mariel Buckley. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems like lots of people are kind of laying low. Uh, I mean, as an artist, what have you been doing to kind of you know, keep, keep limber and, you know, keep, keep stretched out now that you can talk again. Have you been uh, doing some recording at home or working on anything? Yeah. I mean, it was kind of, kind of funny because going into um, March and April, I was sort of scheduled to be on tour, but this little break gave me quite a bit of space to be creative, which I've been complaining about for, you know, I kind of was on tour from last June until, you know, December basically. So it was kind of a nice surprise. And even in my silence, I was doing an awful lot of writing, which I was surprised that I was able to do that. Um, and then, yeah, obviously with my voice back, I've been just cutting some iPhone demos at home and getting them over to the team and trying to line stuff up for another record, which I think we'll try and record this winter. There'll be lots of um, releases, I think, later this year in the fall, just people who kind of started, you know, a new projects as they stay home. So it should be interesting to see all these artists come out. We'll see what they got. For sure. Ever, uh, you know, as they buried away in the woodwork and, and come up with something in the later in the year, it should be fun. Here's my table and my album. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll switch gears because uh, this is what we're highlighting. We're talking about Folk Fest. We're dedicating this whole programming week on CJSW to Calgary Folk Fest, obviously one of the longer running and regarded festivals in the city. Yeah. Um, so what are some of your earliest experiences with Folk Fest and, and how have they changed over the years? Oh, man. Well, I started going um, in high school. So kind of 2006 to 2008 was my first exposure to really any festival. Um, and it was so cool to have it be right downtown where I was taking the train all the time anyway. Um, and I had a, a friend who got us some tickets one year and we were, you know, we were part of the Tarpers, which, you know, now seeing that i'm like man that's crazy that gives me so much anxiety but we ripped right up to the front and got these amazing seats and uh i can't remember what year it was i think it was 2007 but uh that was the first time i'd ever seen nico case or heard her play um was on the main stage that year and i think it was the sunday night and i remember just having my mind totally blown i was just kind of getting into folk music at the time um just very very little stuff but yeah, I, I remember the atmosphere and being outside with kind of all your neighbors and your friends, and it was super magical to me and, and probably a big part of, um, you know, piquing my, my interest in songwriting because, you know, Nico Case is just so great. Yeah, so obviously as a consumer in your early years, transitioning to a performer now, um, so how has that affected, you know, the exposure of your art and your music and, and I guess as a network within the industry, it's kind of a bit of a platform. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, and the Folk Fest has been so supportive of my my voice and my songwriting from such an early point in my career, you know, in 2014 when my first record came out and I was so green. I had no experience playing festival stages, but they were also the first festival to give me a shot to do that. 
So, you know, I, I played my first workshop with Calgary and definitely like biffed a few things. Um, but, you know, they're just such a supportive organization and just being able to do those workshops and play those side stages was a huge help for me to, to spread the love even in my hometown. And when you think about it, like Calgary's a big city. So getting your name out to even a hundred more people is, is so valuable and uh yeah and since then they've just been instrumental in so much of my success so definitely one of the more like i said regarded festivals and it has to mean something because uh they're the only tenant of uh, princess island and max amphitheater really so they're kind of got this green light that lots of other festivals don't have and this ability to put on sort of um different uh little projects like they're artist workshops, songwriting clinics, and some songwriting contests. Have you ever had a chance to participate in any of those? And what was it like if you did? Yeah, I, I mean, oh, man. So I guess it would have been 2012 or 2013, right before I put out my first full length. I entered um, the songwriting contest at the ship. That was, like, sort of my first, okay, I'm going to play my own song in a contest thing. And I was super, super nervous. Um, but that, again, was such a great environment. I remember when Folk Fest, was involved it was this like very nurturing and supportive environment of young artists and you know more established artists and everybody was listening to everybody's songs um so that was a great experience for me just being able to you know knock off some cobwebs and try and try and see how it would play out um i think i came in third place or something like that but yeah no it's, i mean every experience i've had with them and, and especially those workshops and, and songwriting classes has just just been so great yeah and and uh, they continue their um, exposure throughout the year into things like Block Heater and these different uh, artist profiles. So they're, they've got lots going on around the clock annually. Um, and for obvious reasons, and many reasons that are, I think I mentioned pretty clear, um, festivals look a lot different this year, including Folk Fest. Um, so they put on, I guess it's called the Festival at Home, uh, along with the alternate timeline as their kind of development uh, and way of taking the music to like the would have been concert goers for this year, at least. Um, so how do those new mediums resonate with you? Do you think that there are some virtual aspects from these mediums that are going to be carried over into future events? You know, assuming there is a return to this normal uh, world. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was especially cool to see, you know, obviously an organization that I love kind of be so quick to jump on the trend. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in the way of like adopting these very tech heavy sort of times and, and getting right in there and getting artists the platform to still be performing and playing and doing what our job is. Um, so it, it was very cool to see Calgary sort of be a part of that very early on. And yeah, I, I certainly think, you know, it's going to be quite a while before we get back to whatever normal will be. Um, and I think, you know, having these practices in place is just going to be so helpful for for organizations, but especially for artists, because really, you know, every festival, but especially, you know, obviously we're talking about Calgary, that's their whole thing is just to make this great experience for, for listeners and for artists, which is so, so great and so selfless. So it's cool to see that they've carried that over into the digital uh, platform. Yeah. And, and I mean, additionally, on that same platform, they're doing that cover art. Yeah project and it's available for purchase at blackbird it's available for purchase online and, and all the streaming platforms now i i took a listen to it last week and uh you're involved on the project so maybe shed a light on that process for creating it and uh maybe that hip ballad that you chose to cover for it oh man well that was just the coolest thing ever i remember I think carrie got in touch with me and said hey we're doing this 
you know, collaborative um, covers project. We'd really like you to be involved. We'll send you a list of, uh, of tunes that we'd like to see, which was a huge list. And obviously they wanted alumni of Folk Fest to be kind of the people who were covered. So um, I got the list and immediately zoned right in on the Tragically Hip tune that was, I think it was the only one on there, but I'm such a big hip fan and saw that they had a head by a century up for grabs. So I emailed back within like three seconds and said, hey, I'd just love to do this tune. And, uh, you know, we made that happen, which was so cool. Um, and, you know, getting that was my first time getting to record at the NMC, which I've toured that space a number of times, but getting to actually use one of the tracking rooms, which are beautiful and huge, uh, was so cool. And especially to be recording such an iconic Canadian band um, and such an iconic song. It was such a huge radio hit that, um, you know, it, it was a very intimidating but also a very rewarding process that uh, I, I definitely won't forget. It was it was a, a big deal to me. So, you know, being able to be included in that is, is pretty special. Yeah, it's a big deal to you. And as it comes out, uh, it's starting to get more and more spins. I hear it on CKA. I hear it here. We'll be covering a bit of it on Thursday. Uh, I mean, it's transitioning to what means to you. What does the Folk Fest mean to you? Uh, I guess first and foremost as a consumer and then as an artist. And then what does it mean to this city, do you think? First and foremost, before being an artist, I'm always a consumer of music. I love listening to it. I love devouring new stuff there's so much good music coming out right now despite the weirdness and even before that i just think we're in such a great time for for uh you know great artistry and and having access to this totally saturated medium of music i'm all for it i think it's great so you know having something like the calgary folk fest in my in my backyard which is this incredibly beautiful and and unifying and like also nostalgic thing for me um is huge so being able to look at it from that perspective and then having been there a couple times now as an artist and being treated with such respect and such grace by the volunteers and the staff um, and, of course, everybody in attendance, you know, that really shapes uh, confidence for an artist. It really, I know it's really given me a lot of um, a lot of fond memories and I've just looked back on it so many times and wished I could go back there, especially this summer because I've, was conveniently sort of not touring as much and definitely looking forward to attending as a patron. Um, and then, you know, Calgary, I think, as a city, is so is so cool and culturally diverse, but we've been just really lucky to have a festival of that magnitude and that's been around that long um, in our midst because I think especially, you know, with the... With uh, Alberta maybe being a little more, and Calgary especially being a little more right-leaning at times, it's nice to exist in a space, especially in Calgary, which was so corporate oil and gas when I was growing up for so long. It's nice to exist in a space where you feel like that's really not the vibe. It's just, it's about art and uh, and community. And that's, you know, that's difficult. That's more difficult to achieve nowadays because we're so isolated, but I find that uh, festivals like that are very special. And uh, as such, in Calgary, we're just really lucky. Uh, that, that leads into a good way to wrap this up here. So what do you think um, you know, needs to be done and to preserve the future of this festival, other events, and live music in general for this province and this country? As consumers, what, what can we do to help? Oh, man. Um, well, I know, you know everybody's so stressed out for good reason right now, and there's 
so many priorities, um, you know, like <laughs> taking care of your kids and making sure they're safe and making sure you're safe. So obviously, I think all artists really, that's like our big sort of wish is that everybody feels happy and safe and, and cared for. But um, what you can do to help us if you've got the means and the, the energy or the emotional energy anyway is just try and keep up to date with uh, with artists you love. If you check out artists on Spotify, there's always recommended artists. And a lot of times they're local. They're paired with like-minded artists because they're local. Or, you know, check out the YY scene run by Mike Bell. He's, he's putting out lots of uh, content on new releases. Uh, check the Herald. You know, all that stuff just to see what's kind of coming out and about in Alberta. Listen to CKUA. And when you get a chance, if you, you know, if you can download the album on Bandcamp, you can buy some merch from someone's store. Or I know there's a great curbside concerts initiative in Calgary. If you, you know, you want to have a few people over in a safe distance environment, and you want to hire somebody to sing some tunes at you from a distance too. Like there's tons of folks doing that. So there's, we're really getting quick at adapting to what's going on and, and right now, there's just all kinds of ways to support us. So, you know, just keep us in mind because um, we're uh, we're doing what we can. But it's tough for now, for sure. Yeah, and more importantly, on top of that, keep the uh, measures you know in place by this government to to distance and flatten this curve, so that sooner rather than later, we can get back to doing what we all love. Big time, wear a mask. <laughs> yeah, wear a mask. Well, I think that's a good way to wrap this up, Meryl. I want to say thanks again for jumping on the phone out of your day, and um, we'll catch you around. Yeah, of course. Thanks, man. I'll still be ready to rose-colored Thank you for tuning into The Circuit. It's been our pleasure and honor to highlight the festivals and celebrations of art in and around the Calgary area during a summer of new normals. As always, you can catch the podcasted episode of today's program anytime on cjsw.com. This podcast has been funded through the generous support of Calgary Arts Development and the Rose Foundation as part of their Alberta Online Programming Grant.